The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week on Dueling Review, it is Dark Knight's Death Metal Robin King number one from DC Comics. With a utility belt filled to the brim with weapons designed to kill every hero in the DCU, Robin King is the most sadistic soldier in the Darkest Knight evil army. Can anyone stop him from laying waste to Earth's last line of defense? And how did he become one of Batman Who Laughs goblins in the first place? And in the backup story, can the Robins liberate Gotham City from the Darkest Knight's control? I don't know. You better listen and find out. Good evening. I'm Robin King, and this is CNN. Uh, what did you think about Dark Knight's death metal Robin King number one from DC Comics? Oh, I hated it. What did you hate about it? Uh, well, there is a thing that happens right now at DC where an idea pops up. And a man has an idea, and then the idea becomes an institution. And then that institution just kind of rolls off the end of the cliff. So the Batman Who Laughs. Yeah, that whole Dark Knight's Metal, the first one. Right. The was Batman a pretty big who deal. Laughs, when he showed up as part of a league of Batman with the Red Death and, you know, the mm-hmm. murder machine. Yeah. And all of those other characters. I felt like in that context, it made sense. Batman Who Laughs. He's a Batman who's extra Batman-y or extra Jokery in this case. Then you have a Batman who's Flash, a Batman who's Cyborg, a Batman who's Aquaman. You know, you got all these characters. But they've now thrown aside that whole concept, and the Batman who laughs is now the greatest villain in the DC universe. Yeah, apparently he's evolved into uh, some god being. Yeah, he he calls himself like the ultimate Batman, or I don't know, uh, the Bat of all mans. But essentially what this concept has done is it has forced D to... DC, rather, to textually say what has always been metatextually the point, which is it's all about Batman. Batman is the most powerful thing in the universe. This is an evil Batman, thus he is the most evil. But when you have a Batman who's Robin and who's also a murderous little F-head and who spends this whole issue just destroying and killing and, you know, Murdering Firestorm or seeming to murder Firestorm. Oh, no, he murders everybody. He murders everybody. I mean, uh, what was that? What was that? uh, Grant Morrison? What was the Grant Morrison book? Uh, Was that the one where Batman takes down everybody? I've got a plan for everybody. Oh, that was a Mark Wade. Oh, Mark Wade. Was it Mark Wade? Okay. Yeah, that was JLA Tower of Babel. Oh, Tower of Babel. Okay, that's what I thought. That's kind of what this was, right? This was him taking down all the, the Justice League people. Except it wasn't any good. I mean, <laughs> Tower of Babel had some stuff to say, and Tower of Babel actually led to some actual consequences for Batman. And this really sets up a Robin Batman or a Batman who grew up to be, I don't know, a young yeah, it's, it's Bruce Wayne, Wayne who decided Robin. to to take the the mantle of a Robin because those are really the most terrifying creatures. Right. And then murders and murders and murders and murders. And I like Riley Rossmo's art. 
as a general rule. I don't like Riley Rossmo's art on a book that is canonically in the DC universe for some reason. Hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a question of, you know, he, he has, he has a stylization that I really enjoy, but I don't want to see it on like animal man. And I am mad about how, you know, animal man and firestorm and the characters that people consider to be second tier kind of get fed to the shark decons in this issue. You know, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman are in it too, but it just, I don't know. There's a cruelty to this. Yeah. There's an, an almost gleeful cruelty that doesn't feel like here's an evil villain that we're going to see taken down. Here's someone that we want to make you hate. It's, hey, teehee, wouldn't it be cool if. Well, and I think that, you know, I was kind of going through all these same emotions, too, while I was reading this going, well, I'm really not in it for the villains. And I've kind of said that for a while now, that I think that people who praise the villain and think that the villain is the most wonderful thing in the world and who want to emulate the villain are wrong. Um, It's fun to have a villain that forces your hero to work harder or be better or to stand his his ground with his morals or her morals uh, and his and his values. Uh, It's quite a bit different than to say, hey, I want to be Joker or I want to be Lex Luthor because these villains are not what you want to emulate. These are ones that you want to despise. And so, yes, every time I see Robin King show up in there, I'm like, boo, boo, you know, hissing and booing the the bad guy. Right. Until there is this one little redeeming moment in there. And I'm not saying redeeming as in. um it makes this character turn around because he Robin King is still a is still a horrible character. But the whole bit where he takes the pill that keeps part of his memory intact when he gets uh, turned into the goblin juice. Mm-hmm. And because he was assumed by all that and the goblin juice goes into all the other Robin goblins, how they all kind of have their own now have their own memories intact or a little portion of what they were before. Kind of gave that hint that, you know, that. Robin King was maybe going to be the downfall of this whole murderous Batman who laughs at the universe thing. Mm. But, and th- but that was the only thing that was like, Oh, well that is an interesting twist uh, through the, through these, the conniving to stand up to the adult. Mm. This person may have introduced a, a way to get everyone back and everything undone. But other than that, I'm not really thrilled with this issue. And I shake my finger at those uh, listeners out there. I'm shaking my finger right now yep, at those listeners. That's my index finger uh, saying shame on you for making us read this. I mean, I rather enjoyed the first um, Dark Knights, uh, whatever it was, Death, Dark Knights, Death Metal, that first thing. That was somewhat enjoyable. Um, but I think it's just gotten too dark for me. I think we've gone gone too far into the Iron Maiden side of yeah. uh, and and whatever the other death metal groups are. It was well, fine. Iron Maiden it, is not death metal. Oh, okay, Iron well, Maiden whatever. It's like heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal. Uh, death metal. Uh, death I was fun. fine. I was fine when it was basically Kiss, but now that it's gone a little bit too far, it's like eh, it's a little bit too much for me, and I well, I don't that's care where for. That's I stand too, because I mean the the Batman who laughs has been now. Oh, what, this, two years. This, two or three years of this background bad character or this recurring terrible character. And I'm just, I I don't see the appeal, but more importantly, 
I don't know why DC feels it's so important that they sell me on the appeal well, of the Batman Who Laughs. And I, you kind of a, a touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but what Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did in that first run was really yeah. interesting, was really different. And the fact yeah. that it they were hooks to it. Yeah. And the fact that they were given that free reign to kind of do this crazy off the wall stuff that was just, you know, literally balls to the wall. Pe- um, you know, pedal to the metal, let's drive this thing all the way to see what we can do with it. And it v- felt like it was very much hands off. Now, I'm sure there was some editorial um, stuff that was going on in that. But th- then it quickly became, because it was so hands off, because it was so wild, it quickly became super popular. And as with anything, it doesn't, it's not just DC, it's literally Marvel does Oops. the exact same thing too. <laughs> No, Marvel does yeah. the exact same thing, too. As, you know, as does Dark Horse. As eh, yeah, I mean, Dark Horse doesn't do it as much because they don't have a big shared continuity universe like Marvel and DC do. Remember Dark but, Horse's 1999 to 2005 Star Wars comics? Yeah, but you also have to remember that IDW does this with all their Transformers stuff that we've been talking yep. about. Uh, you know, as soon as this. soon as something gets super popular and it looks like it sticks, it's, well, that worked once. Let's do it again. Oh, it's still working. Let's do it again. And yeah, every publisher is is um, guilty of this. Marvel, DC, IDW, Dynamite. Yes, all of them. Any of them that have any kind of a shared universe that it works one time, I guarantee you they're going to go back to that to that well again and again and again to see if they can do it. Unfortunately, this just keeps getting darker and darker and darker. And I don't know what the end game is. Um, because quite frankly, I stopped reading this a long time ago, this series. I don't really care what's going on with this. And apparently this is what's going on in the DCU right now. Yep. But I don't, I mean, but I don't read that. I'll read over everything. Yeah. I'll read, I'll read, uh, action comics. You know, I enjoyed that. The unmasking of Superman. That was fun. Uh, I, uh, will, we are still reading the Legion of superheroes, but all this other stuff, I, I honestly, I don't care for it and I don't read it. Um, I haven't read I think I read a Flash comic not too long ago, but all this, anything that has the death metal on the cover, I'm not reading. I can tell you that right off the top. And I haven't read it for since that first run ended uh, just because I don't care for it. And now I know a lot of people do. And if you do care for it, that's great. I'm glad that you find some enjoyment in it. I would like to know what your enjoyment is in that. Is it because, oh man, it's so different? Is it because it's grimdark? Is it because, uh, yes, the villains rule? I would like to know what your reasoning is for your enjoyment of this. And maybe that'll help me understand where you're coming from in your perspective, because maybe that's where uh, DC is looking at as well, going, well, we don't understand it, but it's making us a heck of a lot of money. So keep doing it. But as I said at the beginning, anything that's a worship of the villain, I'm I'm super not into. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, when we went back to when they did the new age of DC heroes, that feels like a thousand years ago. That all spun out of the dark multiverse and death metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I want to say that was like 2016, wasn't it? Or 2017? No, probably 2017, 2018. But um, you look at those those books, and they were all like steeped in death metal. And with the exception of the Terrifics, I don't think any of them made more than 12, 15 issues. Yeah, no, they didn't go for very long. Unexpected barely got six. I feel like Immortal Men got canceled with six. And it's one of those things where we just, we keep seeing this same, the same tricks. We're going back to that same well. And it feels like 
for a while, we were actually seeing what felt like arguments where death metal and no, 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 death metal is the true future. No, 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 no. Doomsday clock is the true. Okay. No, it's death. Okay. Now it's doomsday clock. And it just felt really, really obnoxious. And it feels like for, as far as I'm concerned, the Batman who laughs has outlasted his welcome by a considerable amount and a character who is designed almost conceptually to be the Batman who laughs only grimmer and darker because he's a kid and a Robin. I'm just no. So even though I don't like uh, the character, even though I don't like, you know, kind of the implications that are going on in this book, I will say this. It's well-written, right? I think that it, it was well-written. I think it, the, the plot from beginning to end, I think works out very well. If we're looking at it from a structural standpoint, I like that we get to see all of these different Robins from the different multiverses. We get to see a Carrie Kelly get dipped into the goblin juice. Um, you know, we get to see all, all the multiverse takes on this. Um, the only place that I would, that would, that I would have a technical problem with writing is I didn't think that it was clear enough between the now and the present or the yeah then and present as well as uh, what earth we were on as things were jumping around. It was kind of confusing here and there. Well, are we on the prime earth where all of this is happening, where he's killing, you know, a uh, uh, firestorm or is this on another earth or, you it's know, earth negative zero. I and think. is, and is this some, is this a different earth? Is this a different time? Is this happening now? And so there were some of those confusion bits, but yeah. from the execution of the story, it's well-written. I didn't have any problem with the structure of the story or how it was written. I have a problem with the content of the issue. Yeah. Same way with the art. I'm not a huge fan of Riley Rosmo, but he does deliver some creepy art. And if you're going to have a bunch of goblin robins running around, they certainly robins. are. They are certainly creepy. And he does that very well. And I like his little lithe figures when, you know, you've got a Robin King jumping off the buildings and turning a, a firestorm's head into a black hole or tearing a Ted court apart or having a animal man's family devour him. Um, you know, that's exceptionally creepy. And so I think from a matching up of an artist to the story, I think Riley Rosmo was a perfect choice for that. Um, but it's not a type of art that I'm, that I'm a fan of, but you know, if you look at the execution of all the art and the style, yes, it works incredibly well. So I can appreciate the structure and the 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 stuff that that you put into it, and I can still not like the story, and I think that's where I I wind up on this issue. Yeah. Now I want a story where Blue Beetle, Red Tornado, and Animal Man get to do something awesome, uh, as you know, penance for what happens in these pages. I don't I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. No, it's not, but it should. I don't know if. That kind of retribution is actually balances the scales out. They should have a cool, awesome moment. Each of them should have a cool, awesome moment. Well, I thought, actually, I thought Robot... And it should uh, have a little asterisk that says, we're sorry. I think Red Tornado's death was kind of interesting because he kept flipping back and forth as he was twisting himself uh, into the human and the robot parts and he was experiencing what it felt like. I thought was both tragic, but also, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pinhead from... Uh, uh, you know, you Hellraiser. get, yeah, yeah, you get what you kind of uh, wish for, right? You know, I always wish to have hu real human feelings and emotions, and now I get to have all that as I'm being torn apart. That's that was kind of twisted and insane. That um, is just cruel it and, is. and sociopathic. It is, it is but for it a, is awful. But for a cruel character that you are writing for, that makes a lot of sense. No. Yeah. 
No, I mean, you, Robin you can King, you can Robin not King like it. Robin King is the worst of Batman. Is is always prepared for everything. Oh no, now I, he's this prepared is prepared for everyone's murder. Yeah, no, I mean, um, well, only yeah. the adults, right? Bad. Only the adults, because he doesn't like adults. I wonder how he would do with like the Teen Titans if they were around. If he'd have he'd issue with them. them, he'd kill them in horrible outer limits. But they're but they're also things. but they are also kids. They'd die. He'd kill them. He'd find a justification for it because now, it, it, he doesn't know. like adults. But does he just not like adult heroes or does he also not like adult villains? Because he tends to not like the Batman who laughs. Because he's also an adult. I'm just curious. Hmm. I don't know. Um, listen, if you are all aboard the death metal train uh, or the dark metal train, uh, I think you're probably going to enjoy Dark Knight's death metal Robin King number one. Um, me personally, me personally, not a fan of the book. I, I personally would not recommend it uh, to somebody if they said, Hey, what is something that I should read? I certainly wouldn't hand them this. Um, but if you're someone that has been enjoying this series and if you enjoy, um, uh, who is it? Peter J. Tomasi doing the main story. Um, then, you know, go and go and pick this up if this is what you like, but eh, it's just not for me and that's okay. And if it's for you, that's okay, too. Uh, go out and, and, oh, here's the one thing that I will say. This was the thing that I kind of hinted on on Tuesday show. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are thinking about buying this book and you're on the fence about it, don't buy it. Because no one in their right mind should be spending $6 on a comic book. <laughs> this is a $6 comic book. And it's celebrating a villain. When you give your money... To DC Comics, you're selling, saying, number one, that yes, I'm willing to pay $6 for a comic book. Guess what? All your comic books going forward are going to be 6 bucks. Don't pay 6 bucks for this comic book. Wait till it goes to the dollar bin. I honestly don't think that this is a main part of any big story. This is a one-shot that is just out there so that they can get a tie-in and get your money. Don't buy this book because it is 6 bucks, And this is something it should not have been. At most, this should have been a $3.99 book. I could, I could, you could never talk me into saying this would be worthy of a four ninety nine book. It most certainly is not worth five ninety nine. And if you paid five ninety nine for this book, I am sorry, because this isn't the life changing, universe uh, altering uh, volume that it, it that it probably thought it was. Uh, but six bucks, man, that is a waste of money. Yeah, this is this is a comic designed to you know let you giggle at the murder of people. Yeah. Six dollars. Six dollars is too much for a comic. I agree. Yeah. I mean, just any comic. If anyone's saying, hey, you guys got to pay six dollars for this comic. No, you don't. No, you I don't. don't like paying six dollars for back issues. I mean, I've got some Justice League issues from the 80s that I had to pay six dollars for and I'm still bitter about it. I mean, I had to pay six dollars for lunch today and I was bitter about that. Really? What did you have for lunch? You know, a burrito at one of those burrito places that charge you seven dollars for Three dollar burrito. Oh, I don't go to seven. I we have a, a fuzzies. Yeah, so do we. I have fuzzies bring me burritos, and they're like five ninety. I, I like what Mark Smith seventy two says in the chat. Don't pay six dollars, especially to celebrate a bad guy. Thank you, thank you yeah. for summary, summing up my thoughts better than I did. Uh, I made it about halfway through the issue yesterday. Says Omega Lazarus. Uh, haven't had time to read lately. There, I was pretty cool from what I read, though. I explained the premise to my girlfriend when I got home last night, and she just stared at me confused. I wonder what would happen if they gave him four or six-part miniseries to explore his original world. More murder. 
Yeah, I think that's probably all it would be. I think that that death of the the trio at the beginning pretty much tells you how everything else would have been. I think we got an interesting backstory with let's twist this, but instead of a bat, it's a robin. Right. You know, all of those let's kinds of things. I, I think that's I, probably would have been. I don't know if you could make this character more interesting in six issues or even four issues. Um, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say more interesting, more likable. Because that's ultimately more, what you would want. More approachable. More, yeah, yeah, more yeah. More ac- accessible to readers. I mean, I don't think we're supposed to like him. And I don't want them to try and make me like him. But I think you know? that, I mean, isn't that the point when you make a headline comic with a bad guy? You're supposed to make them likable? I don't think so. I mean, I like the Joker's comic in the 70s where he was still the Joker. He was still a villain. But he was the center of a story. You didn't like him necessarily. But you were you were on board with the idea of following him. And remember, you know, that's a book that got canceled after eight issues because nobody wanted to read about the Joker. You get to a point where I don't feel like, again, it's that discussion of the villain is the hero of their own story. I think it's a question of when you have a villainous character, you want to make it a story that you want to read, something that you want to read about this character, even if you hate them. You know, if I, if I hate the Batman who laughs because, ooh, this story makes him look so bad and I, I, I want them to, to give him his comeuppance and Superman to punch him right in the nose, that's one thing. That would make it approachable. That would make it accessible. I think I've read a lot of comics where the main character is just a horrific jerk. And if they're written well, that can be entertaining but you don't necessarily root for them except in well, as much as you root for them to get their nose punched. I hope you don't root for them, right? right. And, oh man, I hope Lex Luthor finally takes over the world. I mean, it's yeah. great when, you know, when you're in, in the middle of a six-part arc and the villain takes over the world in the last page of the issue three, but then you have, you know, three more issues where the villain, the hero comes back and punches him in his, in his face and all is right. right with the world and everything has been reset. Right. What ends up happening, though, a lot from what I see is that you get to issue six and the villain has continued to take over the world and everyone's just like, well, I guess Darkseid is the ruler of everything now. The end. And that is to me is just like, to well, be that continued is, in the next big event. Yeah. But if I'm so depressed about the the villain winning, why do I want to come back for the next big event? And, you know, again, I, I keep thinking the Stan Lee quote. I want the illusion of change, but everything has to be reset back to the beginning by the end of this story so that readers have some reason to continue. You know, if Peter Parker won and that was it and he didn't have the Parker luck and he didn't continue continually fail, why would I want to read Spider-Man? He always wins. He's always everything good always happens to Peter Parker. That would be boring. He's got to have trials and tribulations to bring him down to the more human level so that we understand what he's doing. But if, you know, Craven the Hunter kills him and they're like, well, I guess Craven the Hunter has taken over New New York, Manhattan. Good night, everybody. Then I'm never going to pick up another issue of Spider-Man again, because how depressing is that? Even if they say, don't worry, in the next uh, arc or the next uh, 30 arcs, Peter Parker will be back. Now, the one exception to that, I think. Here's where I'm going to probably poop on my article. The one exception to that is um, Doc Ock when he was Spider-Man. I would say that that's an exception that proves a rule. I mean, we see similar things in um, Nightfall, which wasn't entirely terrible. 
you know, Jean-Paul Valley taking over as Batman and realizing that he is a terrible Batman and everyone else realizing mm-hmm. he is a terrible Batman. That was kind of interesting. I yeah. feel like, you know, the beginning of reign of the Superman where it's like all of these people are trying to pick up the slack of Superman's death, but none of them can do it. And they realize how hard it is. That was cool. And then it went, you know, off the rails. Yeah. That's the problem. I think you get to the point where it goes off the rails and they don't, they, they don't seem to realize that. I feel like the, you know, the Robin King is a, an example of a story that's been off the rails for some time. We're three issues into six issues of death metal. And I swear I've read them all and I have no idea what happens in them. <laughs> well, it's because you're not reading all the tie-ins. You're not reading all the spinoffs. You're not reading all the one shots. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I just, I, w- I would say, yeah, I would agree with you that the reign of the Superman was an interesting take, but you know, they came on as heroes then only to be revealed as villains, uh, as opposed to being revealed as villains and continuing to be villains from the ongoing part. Uh, the Spider-Man with the Doc Ock, I think it was interesting because you saw somebody who was, haha, I finally, I finally won and then realized, oh, this is what it means to be a hero and the burden that the hero is put upon. And now I'm starting to feel what it's like to be put upon in a different way than when I was the villain. And so I found that that was very fascinating kind of conversation. And you're right that maybe that is an exception that says that, yes, sometimes it works, but it doesn't always work. Um, but man, I just, I kind of went into this going, man, I hope that this is something good. Mm-hmm. I hope that the readers know something we don't. And after the first two pages, I was like, ah, they don't, they don't know something. We don't, I mean, maybe they do. It's a bummer. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, we ended up on this as we've mentioned a few of their names in the chat. Uh, you can come and listen to the show every Thursday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time on our Discord server. But you have to be a Major Spoilers patron in order to listen to the show live. Of course, you can listen to it later, but that's fine. You can do some cool interactions like uh, Pleasant Doom and Omega Lazarus and and, uh, and Mark Smith 72 have done. Uh, but more importantly, you don't have to be a patron in order to help us pick the comic that we're going to read next week. Right, Matthew? That is true. All you have to do is go to patreon.com. If you don't have a Patreon account, you'll have to create one, but you don't have to spend any money to do that. Once you have the account, you can find the post and it's going to say dueling review for what? The 27th, the 28th, 28th of October, 2020. You'll see a list of comic books. You pick the one that you want to see us review such as coming out next week from boom studios. We have angel and spike number 15, Power Rangers, Dracon's New Groove, uh, number three, uh, The Unkindness of Ravens, number two, which I am kind of looking forward to to reading that one. Over at Dark Horse Comics, we have Colonel Weird Cosmogog, number one. Uh, let's see. Ooh, Hellboy and BPRD, Return of Effie Cobb, uh, number two, the final issue of that. Uh, that will be interesting to read as well. A lot of people wanted us to read Stranger Things Science Camp, number two. At least one person's already voted for that. And also yeah. out next week from Dark Horse Comics, X-Ray Robot, number three. Dynamite, Dynamite Entertainment next week. Vampirilla, Red Sonia, number 11. Ooh. IDW has G.I. Joe, number nine. Transformers, 84. Secrets and Lies, number four. The final issue there. And Transformers, Galaxies, number 11. The whole Milky Way is just going to go. It's going to take a really long time to do. 
Yeah, like seven hundred thousand years. But when it gets done, it's going to be a kick butt robot with like flanges and well, we're already horns seeing, and wings. We're already seeing Milky Way in the Andromeda Galaxy. Apparently, uh, the first outer <laughs> dust of our two galaxies are starting to intertwine with one another. So fascinating. Oh, Image Next Comics, comes Marvel versus DC. Yep, uh, <laughs> Image Comics. A Man Among Ye, number three. Bliss, number four. Philadelphia, number nine. Spawn, three eleven, and Undiscovered Country, number nine. Marvel Comics next week has Amazing Spider-Man number 51. It says last. I don't know what that means. Is that the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man? That would be weird. No, there's a new spider arc with last of the something. In oh, it. okay. All right. Uh, Bla- last, I think it's last of the Kung Fu heroes. Or All right. Black Widow's. Last house on the left. Black Widow, Widow's Sting number one out next week. Fantastic Four. Antithesis number three. League of Legends trade paperback Zed. 16 bucks there. Savage Avengers number 13, She-Hulk by Dan Slott gets an omnibus hardcover collection for only $100. And Strange Academy number four drops at your local comic shop. In all the rest category, we have a Tumnal number two. Uh, let's see. We also have Dawn, oh, or sorry, Drawn to Sex, graphic novel volume two, Our Bodies and Health. Mature readers there. Mm. Uh, Giga or Giga or Jija number one. Giga. I think it's Jija. One point. 21 giga number ones holler number two loud house winter special uh gets a soft cover and a hardcover release soft cover uh 7.99 uh the hardcover 12.99 ninjas and robots number two pre-code classics beware terror tales hardcover volume 250 bucks there rick and morty uh ever after number one uh let's see we also have tarot the witch of the black rose number 124 and zorro in the land that time forgot Number one. Do you so, come from a land that time forgot? That's uh, those. DC Comics next week, really quick. We have Action Comics number 1026, Batgirl number 50, uh, Batman Beyond number 48, uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal Rise of the New God. That's the whole thing we've been talking about this entire time. Also, Detective Comics 1029, The Flash 784, uh, The Last God. Uh, what is that? Uh, what's Gog, Gog of the Lost Children? I don't know what that is, but it looks like gongs of the last. Oh, sons! I don't know. Songs of the Lost Children. Okay, they need to. They need. They use a funky font on that thing to where the S looks like a G, and so I'm like, what's a gong of the Lost Children? That's Are weird. Are you my mother? <laughs> Legion of Superheroes issue number ten, Red Hood and the Outlaws number fifty. Once again, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MajorSpoilers. You do not have to be a paying member to uh, to uh, use the comment section and let us know what you want to read next week. You guys do it right away. Don't wait, and we'll pick the uh, we'll pick the one with the most uh, suggestions, and then we'll be back next re- week to review that comic. And you will be able to hear Matthew say, "You're Mr. Thickety Thick Thick Face from Thick Town, Thickania." So your dad. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.